new on CuriosityStream. Grab your decoder ring. We're cracking the world's most famous encryptions. From the mom who took down the mob to the Zodiac Killer. See how the pros hide their secrets in plain sight on Cracking the Code. Plus, it was impossible to recruit intelligence agents without recruiting war criminals. Meet the retirees of the Third Reich who gathered Cold War intelligence for the U.S. on Nazis in the CIA. Watch now on CuriosityStream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. All right, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Please subscribe to the channel. Please. Hey guys, YouTube's got an algorithm and it really, really help us out a lot. If you could like, comment and subscribe, this is how we can get more information out to more people and uh, share the message of Toronto real estate. In Thanks. that order, like, comment, subscribe and hit the damn bell. She's like a real estate guru. I love it. She like uh, she's a, a top realtor, and she it looks like she teaches other realtors how to be really good realtors. Awesome! It's like a realtor school. Learn a few things. Yeah, yeah, realtor school. Very positive though in her Instagram account. Yeah. Very. Well, we love very positivity. Positive. We do. I think I think I'm an eternal optimist. I That's think you are. It. You yeah. You definitely. It's really hard are. for me to. It's really hard for me to just like have a negative perspective on something <laughs> you know well i mean you're so naive like, right you, you so kind of have to bumble around the the planet like yeah in your naivety that is yeah. so apparent to two of our viewers but but yeah. that's almost a hundred percent of our viewers just so you know yeah and what, what i'd really like though is like if people have uh feedback on um you know how little I do know, please leave it in the comments. <laughs> it helps the algorithm. It helps the algorithm. <laughs> yeah. Any comments will do, honestly. Like we're the less you think that I know and 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 uh you know how how many points that I bring up are, are incorrect, let me know in the comments. I'd really, really appreciate it. Yeah, I think everybody should let TK know in the comments when they think he says something really stupid. And certainly yeah. your positive reinforcement towards me is certainly appreciated all the time yes. i could if use... daryl's hair, hair is having a really good day please make sure you leave that in the comments See, i not, think today's a good look day what you did not, I'm, I'm trying so hard not to put my 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 attention on my hairline no the hair looks good because today. i i when i look at it all i see is like parts you got a haircut, that are what? missing no there a couple a, weeks ago you got a haircut no i think just some fell out oh a couple weeks ago maybe yeah yeah I'm telling you at one that. point I can I can dig up some old episodes if we want to see some. Uh, well, there was some scruffy, mid, scruffy mid lockdown Daryl uh, haircuts. Yeah, well, the weight is getting back up to mid lockdown uh, status. Yeah. And you sent me those photos from the uh, the back in the day. So remember way back. Those in can the always, day. those those can always come out to light. I was I thought maybe you were going to you were going to try and put one up on the screen. Yeah, I wish I could take that back. Actually, no, those were pretty funny pictures. That that yeah, was they're great. That was the day, man. That's why. Yeah. Can you imagine, like, when I look in the mirror now at my hair versus that picture? Yeah. Oh, it, it might be a little bit disappointing. But at that at that exact same year, <laughs> obviously, I was. I I was younger. You were a. Fetus. I had hair. 
I had no, I had hair. I was a kid. I, I was in grade school, and I had hair that was, I think, just as nice. I think I'm guessing. I'm guessing that it was longer in the back than in the front. I'm party guessing in the front? you had a rat's no. tail at some point. Business in the front, party in the back. A rat tail? Yeah. No, my, I wanted one though because <laughs> the cool kids had a rat tail, but my mom wouldn't let me. <laughs> Thank God for so your mom. I had the mullet. I had the mullet, and then I went to the mushroom cut. The mush. I had the mushroom cut. Yeah. I had a lot of hair on top of no hair. Yeah. And I thought the I Kurt looked Cobain-esque, cool. uh, you know, part down the middle. Well, I mean chain holding my wallet into uh, my pocket oh you had a chain i just that heard point, yeah that that means that you're a lesbian <laughs> At the time, this is proven I was research I was growing up i wasn't sure where i was going in life so who knows <laughs> <laughs> i had a chain you know <laughs> uh. <laughs> Great, it helped man. my wallet together. There was no money in the wallet, right? It was, no I was young. money in the wallet, there was but like, you had a chain. You had money for a some chain. Some cards from like the dry cleaners or like the yeah. arcade shop or something in there. Like there was no nobody's money. nobody's getting my discount card at the at the dry cleaners. <laughs> but I had the wallet. Take this from you know? me. Yeah. Was it a Velcro yeah. wallet? Well, I mean, it had to be right. Was it had there to be a Velcro wallet. involved? Yeah, there had to be Velcro involved. You want to talk about real estate? No. I like real estate. Yeah, we can wait for our guests to come. You think? Oh, my whole calendar just popped up. That's not good. Mm. Did, did I'm gonna it look pause full? that. Did it look I'm gonna, full? I'm gonna pause. I'm gonna I'm gonna pause that when I watch it on YouTube. Oh my god, I'm gonna have to blank it out and put like make it look like I'm busier than I really am. Okay. It probably was fairly full of nonsense. A lot of stuff yeah. going on in the news. Hey, do we like this? Well, do I like what? The news? Bubble, 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 bubble. Too much bubble talk. Bubble, 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 Are we in a bubble? Too much bubble talk. It's too easy to talk about the bubble stuff right now. Too easy. So we're going to avoid bubbleage. I just mean like it's too easy for a journalist or for an economist or for an investor or anybody, real estate agent, to come up with a theory on why the bubble is going to pop. Like there's just so many different things right now. The answer is... Nobody, yeah, the answer is nobody has a clue when anything's going to happen or even if it's going to happen. That's why we're you know? here, right? That's yeah. when. <laughs> That's why we're here to Expert YouTubers come to the rescue. Yep. Dissect all the info and make sure people know exactly. We're interviewing guests who are boots on the ground, making sure that we get the right information out to the public. That's right. No more of the this. ulterior motives. Media push nonsense. Yeah, that's all BS. It's all utter BS. Some of especially it's the Toronto Real Estate Board, though. Um. Okay, let's go there. Talk, talk to me. Yeah. Well, the Toronto Real Estate Board is just so like politically um, influenced. You know, like there's just so many things that they've got going and for them. And influential. Yeah, they're they're influential for sure because they represent you know a huge group of realtors. So who, but who, at the end at the end of the day, who pays the Toronto Real Estate Board? Where do they get their money? Sure. From the realtors. From their members. Yeah. So whose interests do they really have? Their own. And when they announce anything in the media, whose interests do they always make it seem like they have? 
their own? The public. The public? Treb? Yeah. How? Sure. How? They're always talking about how they can help the public and how they can do this and how they can do that, but they never would stick it to realtors. Look, I'm not saying that I'm, I'm, a, I'm a realtor. I don't want them to stick it to me, but there's plenty of things that they need to do in order to stick it to realtors. Like there's plenty of situations that they need to crack down on, whether it be open houses or, uh, you know, nefarious type of sales tactics, whatever it is. There's, there's, I'm glad that, that you brought that they're, up. They're afraid. I'm they're glad afraid you that up. to lose their members. Of yeah. course they are. How much do you pay Treb a year? I think it's like a thousand bucks or something. A thousand bucks. And how many agents yeah. do we have right now in uh, Toronto? 60,000. 60,000. 60 million. Is that 60 million? Yeah. <gasps> here, Andrea's here. Ready? Are you my ready? Heart's, my heart's racing now knowing what Trev's doing with that 60 million. Six. Probably less than that. There's probably honorary members and all that kind of stuff that aren't paying. Honorary members that don't pay anything? I think so. I think that's how it works. Oh, I didn't warn her that we would be like right into the show. Hello. It's okay. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Wow, you Welcome. look nice. Look at this background. Everything. That's a great background. That's professional. Looking. Wow. Good yeah. to meet you, Andrea Bloom. Welcome. Very nice meeting you too. Welcome to the yeah, Toronto to Real you, Estate Show. We're we're right in the show already, by the way. Daryl and I were talking for a bit, so we're we're already talking and, and recording. So, fair, oh, fair uh, warning. Look at this. You got a great setup there. I can see you got like the special lighting. Thank you. Look at you. Great. Yes. Good to meet you. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. Let me know what's all about. <laughs> well, I'll do the it's I'll do about... the sort of the rundown unless unless you've seen any, any episodes. So basically Daryl and I for the last um, 10 months or so, Daryl, I think it is, maybe 11 months now, we've just been talking about real estate, looking at the news given our different perspectives on what's going on, trying to help uh, the viewers and listeners understand, you know, what the media is pushing and, you know, what's really going on. And, you know, it's great to talk to people like you who are actually out there in the field doing the work, um, you know, dealing with buyers, sellers, the public banks, all that kind of stuff. So uh, we were, we were mostly doing it on our own at first and now we're interviewing more people to try to just get different perspectives and uh, you know, it's, it's fun and it's a little bit educational and, you know, we're interested to hear what you have to say. And we also want to know what you think about the real estate market and is it going to crash or not too, which we'll get to. We'll Are leave we that for bubble? the end. Are we in a bubble? Are we in a bubble? Because that's the big one. That's big a big question. question. It's a big yeah. question that we've all been talking about to death. And we're here. Listen, w the real reason for the show is, is we're out for, we're looking for answers. And we're looking for someone that knows what's going to happen next. And we're hoping that maybe we found it in you. So far, TK, total bust. Me, completely I've tried. Yeah. useless. Um, yeah. And most of the people on our shows definitely have opinions, but so far, nobody sure. has a clue. But this is why we're here. We're looking for clues, tin bits, knowledge, and uh, your- Let's, let's get an intro. Yeah, we, do you wanna Andrea. tell us a little bit about yourself? Like I'm in an interview job here. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, real estate agent since 2017, uh, sorry, 2011. And um, yeah, by the business standards, um, high producers, top 1%, Toronto, top 5%, um, Canada. Uh, again, these are business standards. 
um, obviously they, they mean something, but it comes down to, you know, um, how you serve your clients uh, rather than, than um, the words you, you're receiving. So uh, although I'm very grateful for any recognition, I, uh, I consider that, you know, the clients are looking more for testimonials and many other um, aspects that will make them trust you in the process. Um, team leader, I, if again, by the business standard, because I consider them my business partners. Um, I joined EXP last year um, in December and I attracted uh, quite a number of, of agents and um, now it's kind of, I put it on myself to um, create an environment for them to, to succeed. Um, yeah, I don't know, ask me questions and I'm more than happy to answer. You put so me the, on the, the EXP, the EXP um, brokerage, so they had, um, I know uh, John Chet Black was down in uh, Cabo uh, recently. Right. Was that like um, just for who was who down at that EXP event? Was that all EXP or what was it for? Everybody in the EXP is invited to go. Obviously, yep. in Canada, the borders were lost. So um, I was invited, but no way to, to be able to go anywhere. It would mean for me to stay in quarantine for two weeks and be out of out of. Doesn't make sense. Yeah. So it's impossible. And, and the problem is that there's more events. You know, we have. Grant Cardone, we have, um, you know, um, big celebrities of, of speaking to us um, where, you know, before you had to pay an enormous amount of, of money to see them. And unfortunately, this year won't happen, at least for, for, for me. I mean, there are some Canadians that may take the, the you know, the risk or the situation where they're going to quarantine after, but um, it won't work with with my schedule and my clients to say, hey, I just have to take off for a month now um, so I can go for a four, four day retreat. So I guess we'll leave it for next year. Just going to Cabo, no big deal. Just We're just going to Cabo. What's EXP? Exactly. What's EXP? This is a brokerage, EXP? Yeah. Um, EXP, it's, it's a new brokerage. It makes a lot of noise right now. Um, and funny enough, um, when I talk with agents in the United States, Almost majority, it's a question of when do I join and who do I join with? Um, in Canada, we're still talking with agents, thinking, what's that? What's that? I heard something or I, I, or I haven't heard about it. Um, it's a new concept. They're, they definitely challenge the status quo that we've seen so far. Um, from so many different perspectives. I've been um, uh, a real, I, I've been in uh, um, in the business for a long time and I've been with Royal Page for a long time and it's an exceptional brokerage and I thought I'm going to retire there um, but I just came across this special you know um, concept which is funny because as real estate agents I think we were programmed from school um, that we are a regulated business so we're going to be basically within a brokerage with our um, license and pay. Well, this brokerage comes in place and says, hey, you agents are at the center of me functioning. And how about if I actually make you be owner of these companies and 
facilitate an environment that you will grow. So completely change the dynamic. And obviously I heard it all and I studied the model for about two years, unfortunately, um, because I, you know, it's hard to leave from a very good place. That's where it becomes a matter of kind of courage to say, hey, I just wanna see how that is. I can always go back. Um, but for two years, I've been looking into it because if you Google, you find a lot of negative talks, which are released by a lot of competitor brokerage. And I totally understand because they're losing a lot of agents. Um, you know, it's a pyramid scheme. It's this, it's that. And somehow um, after two years of studying and give it to uh, the model to so many different people from, um, you know, uh, even a profit math professor in Guelph to kind of look into it and tell me, is this, where are the holes in this system? Is there something in there that I'm missing? Um, just to be proven that actually it's a very successful model where basically the owner of the company say, hey, I don't want to keep everything for myself from whatever I have and whatever you guys contribute, helping each other, you, you receiving it back. So the, mo the most important question though, Andrea, is are you happy working there? Oh, I, I, I think, I, I think I made a huge mistake, not, not looking into it earlier. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the main thing, right? Like if you're happy, any job, not just real estate people, right? Like anybody who's working for a company or a business and you're not happy and you're getting up every day thinking, you know, the, you know, they're not treating me right or whatever, you know, like, life just becomes challenging. Like, right. Like I said, I think, it's even because I always have this 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 uh, feedback from agents. I'm happy where I am. Well, I mm -hmm. really hope you are because I never mm -hmm. thought that you were not unhappy. I was extremely happy, and mm -hmm. I think when you're happy in a place that you are, you can actually make a sound uh, decision of is there something better out there? And they were actually, you know, everybody's thinking that. People are joining for one thing and one thing only, which is the passive income, which is a huge, massive advantage, obviously, because we're always chasing the next commission. And it's it's tough. You know, you're as good as your last commission. What, um, what, what do you mean by passive income? They have a huge program of passive income. So. I'll, I'll tell you the three pillars that they were important for me. I've been for years from the day one, went to, to retreats and seminars to connect with other top producers in order for me to learn and grow. And that would cost me a lot of money on a yearly basis. So I calculated in 10 years, I spent over $200,000 in actually training retreats, meeting with people, paying so I can be in the room with top producers. And EXP facilitates that, that we have a vested interest to learn between ourselves and share industry, you know, behaviors and, and everything to evolve and grow. What happens, the passive income goes like this. Um, we have revenue share and we have stocks. So I've been a top producer for seven out of the 11 on like a high, I, I get, you know, the smaller words, but then over 300 um, for, for seven years. And I always got these, these awards. So, but no, no, no monetary compensation. So EXP says, hey, we're going to create milestones. And if you reach them, we're going to compensate you. 
we're not going to get more money just because you're productive. We're going to do the other way around. We're charging more people, unproductive people, and we're giving back to the people that they're productive. So it's like, wow, until now, if I was productive, I was giving more to the brokerage. How is that possible? And say, no, because we want to encourage actually the people that, that work hard. So they're giving you three steps, to, three um, um, uh, milestones of achievement where they're giving you um, equity in the company. They're giving you stocks in the company. In the company? This sounds in like an MLM to me. That's something, believe it or not, that's exactly what stopped me yeah. for two years to join this company. This sounds like isogenics all over again. <laughs> Isn't it? And yet it's the fastest growing company sure. and endorsed by everybody. So hold on. And Where's the passive income part though? So the passive income is one through That's stock. one pillar of it, the milestones. Yeah, yeah but how do so you get the, it? The more you, you produce, the, the the more you get back. So if you if you produce, more you produce, more stocks you get in the company. Oh, but not stock. only that. If you bring someone in the company, they're giving you revenue share, which is not to be confused with um, a profit share. No. So <laughs> revenue share, pardon? No, that's very different. Yes. Yeah. But people are confusing that. Sure. So they're giving you revenue share. If you bring someone in, you get a certain percentage of what that agent produces so suddenly you're very you know financially invested that that person has all the necessary tools to succeed right so you're getting a slice of everybody's pie exactly not everybody and that's where not it everybody? doesn't not everybody so that's where i think the model was smart and that's what was explained to me by an economist which by the way he's not a real estate agent have no interest in convincing me one way or another that the reason it's not a pyramid scheme or you know all of these companies is that you have ways of qualification in order to have access to these incomes so you can just buy registering yourself, becoming a sponsor of anyone and collecting people, you're just getting paid. Because that will, you know, in a very short period of time would make the company just collapse. And yet the company is in for more than 11 years right now um, and, and is going stronger because people realize that it is sustainable based on these qualifications that you have to have in place in order for you. So you still have, it's not a, um, you know, a lotto ticket. You still have to work. You still have to be a producer. You still have to do your job. But the advantage is this, that doing whatever I've been doing, I have access to some passive income and I have access to stocks. And I have a couple of friends of mine that they're with the company for three years or less. And they have more than $300,000 in stocks alone. So isn't that nice that you have a little bit more than just the paycheck? That's all there is. It's not what people think, oh, suddenly you're going to, you know, um, that's it. I'm not going to touch a buyer and a seller ever in my life. No, you can do that. So what, but, what, what are they saying right now in all the training that you get? as part of this package about the, the market right now? What, what, are they, what are they preaching to the, to the choir? Are, are we in a bubble? Are we up for a crash? Is this thing? 
sustainable? Well, if I would have yeah, if I would have such crystal ball, um, I would probably be somewhere in Maldives right now, not talking to you. She would she would have joined what, EXP two years earlier no, no, if she no, had the crystal what, ball. You're, you're saying but, that you get this benefit of the training and all of these top producers, and I, I imagine that they're speaking to people in front absolutely. of everybody, right? So what are they saying? Are they saying, you know, good times are ahead, this is scary, I've never seen anything like it? What, what are all these top so producers it, saying? It, it really depends. Um, it really depends who you're asking. Really, it depends who you're asking. Um, and to be honest with you, um, it's almost like um, Google, Dr. Google. You know, you want to Google something to emphasize your own opinion, you're going to find it out there. Mm. So one way or another really depends. I can only talk on, on my behalf and... Um, again, I'm, I'm not, I can predict what's going to happen and especially with something that's going on right now with COVID and who knows in which direction is going to go, not at the level of Canada, but at the level of, you know, the entire world and how that's going to pan out, um, to uh, answer. Andrea, yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah, the, the bubble, the bubble question, I know what you're saying. And I know that that's a really big uh, thing that we talk about a lot too. I want to get that on at the end, because I want her predictions, Daryl. We're going to, we're going to hold it. We're going to hold you to it, Andrea, at the end. But how have you seen changes with, with COVID? Like, how have you seen changes with everything from your client's perspective? What are they dealing with in the last year? With the exception of, of, um, you know, implementing the necessary um, COVID you know, steps of making sure that we're safe, like the gloves, the minimum people to come in in the house, uh, the sanitizing to make sure they sign a form. I don't really see any change, at least for the market that I'm in in Toronto. The market is really, really strong. And everybody mm -hmm. knows that uh, it, it's, it's a seller's market with very, very low inventory. And we've seen the prices going up. Have you seen people's needs change though? Like what are, what are the buyers and sellers needs? How has that changed since COVID since they've been, you know, working from home and since they've been, uh, you know, they don't have anywhere to go. There's travel is basically off right now. Are they looking for more space? Like, like do you have people moving like, out of the city? What do you yeah, have? It looks like they have more cash from a uh, lack of spending and they mm -hmm. want to spend it in, in real estate, which is, okay. In, so confidence mind is the safest place to put your money in yeah. um, and probably the reality is in the long in the long term that's where probably it's the safest you know if, if you're not looking to speculate something that you're going to buy and sell in the next two years without knowing what's happening you know like a flip uh, a home um then your risks are, are very minimal if you're buying something that you're going to keep for 20 years the chances are that it's even if it goes at some point low it's going to go back up yeah where's where's the most competitive area right now that you've been working in you know like what what area do you find like wow that that area is just almost impossible to get into in in the last two i'm 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 mostly a, a listing agent more than 80 percent of of my business comes from listing. So I'm in a very privileged position. Um, and I totally understand the frustrations of buyers. And I, I don't have the hardship that most agents will have as buyer agents. And then the question for me would be, what are my products that they're selling faster? And I can tell you that even in mm -hmm. the last month, I had 
detaches, semi-detaches and condos. And they went all of them over, over asking with multiple offers in a very short period of time. And I don't, I don't, I don't feel that there's any, um, any change um, in, in my perspective, in my own experience. Um, should I look further and, and you know. Um, um, Are there less offers what? now? Um, in the last month, yes. Uh, compared with what happened, let's say, somewhere at the beginning of the year, late January, February, where there were literally 130 showings in less than seven, seven days and over 40 um, uh, um, offers, yes. But we're still at a good number of seven, eight offers. Um, and keep in mind, exactly, keep in mind that people think that, oh, if there's seven offers, um, then the market slowed down versus if there were 40 offers. Um, yeah. It doesn't mean if there are 40 offers, it means that the property that, you know, the market value is so the million is going to end up selling with 40 million or, you know, even 4 million. That's like, not how it works. Yeah. Yeah. It's like in April when it's like 10 degrees and you see people wearing shorts outside and they're like, wow, this weather, this is fantastic. Right. But yeah. 10 degrees in November, right. And everyone's wearing winter jackets. They're yeah. saying, oh man, this is freezing. I can't believe it. Right. Yeah. It's the perspective. Yeah. Seven, eight yeah. offers is amazing. Two offers, getting an one offer on your offer night successful. Oh a my good gosh. Offer, this is great. Yeah. And they're going to, yeah, good offer. They're going to, they're going to sell the property in a week. Amazing. But you compare it to February and March and everyone complains about, um, you know, doomsday is here. I, I think one of the, the, the reason people are confused right now is because nobody actually expected with COVID that the market will stay strong. Everybody predicted that the market will will tank, will collapse, will where something's going to happen. But I think one of the the, the things that that you know, because um, where do we get this information? We get a lot of information from TV, obviously, from the media, Headlines. and we get the information. Yeah, headlines. and the headlines. Yeah, and we get a lot from um, you know trip, or we get from. Exactly. So, so, but what they cannot predict is people's reactions. So mm -hmm. people's reaction to the market is not something that they can control. They can speculate and they can even have up their ideas that will create some waves, but yet they put the ideas out there and people react to the opposite. So the consumers are the one that they're going to dictate what's going to happen with the market. I don't think that mm -hmm. they put stuff out there like 18% uh, crash by CMHC. I, I think that that is a tool that they use to help slow the economy, just like an interest rate, just like, just like quantitative easing. It's just another tool, the media now, that they just pump out a bunch of shit to scare people into slowing the hell down because this thing is like mm -hmm. we all we all know that they're letting it go for a while now and, and like they have to do whatever they can to let it yeah. go and stop it at the same time it's gonna be a yeah. crazy 12 months it's a, it's a very challenging position for them to be in they want to slow things down and they know that the only way of slowing things down is by raising the interest rates nothing is going to slow down uh, an under, um, you know, uh, a market that has no supply 
where the demand is still there. In any type of economy, it, you can be in the worst economy ever. If the supply is it's so tiny and the demand is still so high, it doesn't matter if we're literally in depression, the consumers are going to consume. Yeah. So it's mm -hmm. just, it, it what, is what do you think about the stress test though right now? So uh, conventional mortgages going up to 5.25, how do you think that's gonna affect the market? Well, we've, we've seen that before. And I always said the only, only hurt um, the, the young people. Mm -hmm. Anybody, they're not going to hurt me with that. Well, it's not, it's not going to affect the um, high ratio mortgages. So they're saying they're trying, and, and you're right. They're trying to prevent the younger first time buyers from being affected by it. So they're saying, okay, if you got 20% down or more, we're going to have a, a higher qualifying rate. If you've got a high ratio mortgage under 20% down, you're not going to be affected. You'll be qualifying at the 4.79 uh, rate, which is so I think then what, it's good. Point. The whole thing is a bunch of nonsense. They're also saying that for uh, uh, so is it a tactic? High income individuals, they're gonna like forget about this new this new rule. I, it's okay. He's cool. He's good. Yeah, we're gonna give him a lot of money. Don't <laughs> worry about people. it. He, it's, yeah, it's it's really. Um, I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> so it's say just it, a tactic. What were you gonna so say? Every, what were you everything gonna say? is just. No, it's it's just not. It's not gonna work. As, as they cannot afford to increase the, the interest rates. And they know that. If they want to crash the entire economy and they want to crash, you know, the country, then they will raise the interest rates by, you know, by one and a half. And it will mm -hmm. be like, Ooh, what's going to happen? Yeah. Well, the other, the know, other factor is they, they will end up, the government's debt will end up now being at higher interest rates, right? So as interest rates go up, all this money the that they owe right is, is, is the also right going to have to be repaid at these higher rates that they can't afford right now. No, and they think yeah. that right? they can afford all of this debt. And they can because they've done the calculation and the interest rate's so friggin' low. That it's like yeah. we can spend like drunken sailors because we we're actually paying less than we paid three years ago, right? Yes. Even yeah. with all this spending, we're significantly right. So yeah. so so I mean, th this is the environment we're in. So, um, I have you also seen how they increase the rates and then when they drop it, like literally a month later? So the people that they were pre-qualified, they're not even in the 120 days that you pre-qualified, and then they go down even lower like but they're in a, a spam of, of less of a 120 so pretty much nobody's affected by it mm -hmm. makes sense if you're, oh, you're pre-qualified when the interest rates are changing yeah people's rate rate uh, holds are, are keeping them level yeah yeah well yeah it's interesting times i mean the interest rates i think are a big factor let's we, we like to look at some of the news daryl's got some i have, news I have articles. a great one here that i wanted to talk i didn't know we're gonna talk politics no it's not it's whatever <laughs> we don't, we talk we whatever don't know what we're not. talking about so it's okay <laughs> we, don't know, we don't know what we're talking about so it doesn't really matter yeah. and all we're three people listening don't really care yeah. what we're saying and nobody listens to we're our show so we're good we're in a good we're in a good position escalation what? clauses this has been yeah. in the okay. news. Escalation clauses can raise the stakes in an already frenzied real estate bidding process. Have we encountered, do we know what an escalation clause is? Yes, I know what an escalation clause is, but we don't have that in, in Canada. So you think we should? We don't um, have it in Canada? 
What's yeah, your opinion on open not, bidding, escalation clauses, stuff like that? What do you think? So keep in mind what an escalation clause is basically gives the right to the seller saying that, hey, I'm going to submit this offer with you knowing that whatever offer you're getting, I'm willing to pay $5,000 more. So I'm not quite sure the ethical side of that escalation clause. Right now, I'll tell you what's happening right now with the beating words. So everybody goes in and says, hey, um, let's, let's do a, a, a bidding word. Um, we we um, hold offers in that particular day and we're doing a one a time, you know, um, uh, there's no back, back and forward. You have one chance to, um, to submit your offer. So it becomes quite fair. Whatever the market value, you see it, you're going to submit the offer. Now, the other option is, hey, we're doing two, three rounds where we're not telling you where you are, but please keep increasing your number. But it's still, you're in the nowhere. You know, you, you, you don't know what the other offer looks like. You don't know the numbers. So for you to have the possibility to say, I'm going to put in there an escalation clause where you know I'm going to put whatever price, it doesn't even matter because the escalation clause allows me that whatever offer you have from the higher offer, I'm willing to put another $5,000. So where do you go from there? So Andrea, um, Daryl's got an article in front, right? So he's got uh, a Globe and Mail article where it says that the Real Estate Council's um, Real Estate Council of Ontario says that escalation clauses are not against REBA, uh, but it just says that they they don't endorse their use. But Daryl, just to understand what that says, so right underneath it says um, oh. two pair two sentences down. It says the tricky part is part of REBA is that we can't disclose the contents of another offer. So how the heck do you have an escalation clause, right? So I understand what you're saying. What the other offer is. Yes. Yeah. So I, I get what the article is saying is that, sure, maybe technically, but no. But the if you're a buyer, selling agent is allowed to know what the other offer is. All right. So your offer is five thousand. So you put in an escalation clause and say I'll pay five grand more than the other guy. My offer is four hundred. I'll go up to five hundred, but I only want to pay five grand more than the other guy. So I send you back your offer. It's at five hundred. <laughs> you got the property because it was $5,000 more than the other guy. Yeah. How would you ever know if that was true or not? So hold on. So this only works, I think, in a mm -hmm. situation where you're extremely wealthy or at least mm -hmm. very wealthy and you've been looking for a house in this market for so long that somebody is sitting there going, I don't care what you got to do. You get me this house. You get or me this house, mister. you're going under your price um target so low that you're willing to you know to how would that happen nowadays um that's yeah, not realistic well, yeah I don't it's think so. um i i if you ask me i'm not a big fan of an escalation clause because it would start either do you you will start to know the prices so the amount will be disclosed between everybody and then it would have to be disclosed here you yeah, want to hear a, a story about an escalation clause that i used once Go yeah. ahead. This is back in 2006. First time I ever bought a property to develop. I was going to build a new house on this at uh, Leslie and Lawrence. And it, I didn't realize it was an escalation clause, but I gave my realtor a blank check, like no price on the check. And I said, get me the house. And I went on vacation. 
And then oh I got a call God. the next day saying, "Hey, great news! We paid six fifty one for the lot." And I was like, oh, wow. six fifty. Well, this sounds great now, but back then that was like a hundred thousand over the price I wanted to pay." Yeah. <laughs> right back. That, this is an escalation clause. It wasn't really an escalation clause. It was like, here, go get me the house. But it acts yeah. the same way, right? It's like, just I get me the also, damn house. Yeah, I think it also opens a little bit the door of um, backing out before submitting the, the um, you know, because you realize suddenly, holy shit, I just got the house at a price that I wasn't comfortable going for. Yeah, um, I'm not bringing the check. But you can't <laughs> do that conditional. That's got to be a firm offer. Yeah, how you, would you do that? Well, here, Andrea, have you had anybody not bring the check after a firm offer? And uh, what would you suggest to our listeners if they're ever on the selling side? Because obviously you should never do this if you're on the buying side. But if you're on the selling side and someone tries to do that, what, what are your suggestions I, to that? I've never had anyone as a buyer not bringing. And as a seller, I had situation where I advised my clients in, in 11 years, almost 12 years now, um, I had two situations where I advised my client not to accept that offer because I was convinced that they're not going to bring in the check. Mm -hmm. um, and one of my sellers agreed not to accept that offer. And one of them um, disagree and says, no, it's the higher offer has no condition. I want to go with that one. Yep. Um, they went and they didn't bring the check. So what um, then what happened? Firm, firm deal? Uh, it was a firm deal. One thing yep. that, that people don't know and that they don't understand is that the seller doesn't keep the check that regardless or it's entitled to the check regardless just because it was firm. So there's two steps here. First, you have to have it in the Schedule B and that's why I have a separate Schedule B where I have a wording from my lawyer in regards to the check which it says clearly that if, you know, um, the uh, buyer by all means ends up not, you know, bringing the check or brings the check but doesn't close, the buyer, the seller has the right to keep that. So it has to be in writing. If not, the only thing that you can do is to take them to the court. But even if you take them to the court, you have to actually prove the court that you had damages that you didn't actually you weren't able to sell it at the price that you had that incurred additional um cost so you can't keep the the check just because because if you put it back on the market you sold it for the same amount of money or more then the court would say well, why would you keep that no that's not mm -hmm. that's not how Agreed. it goes Yep. You just have to prove it. So unless you have it in the Schedule B stated clear, regardless of the reason of the buyer is not closing, or regardless if the seller puts the property back on the market and gets the fair price or similar price, you keep that, which is an agreement between buyer and seller that they're going to lose that. By law, you have to give back the check. Period. So do you think do you think buyers take advantage of that then where they're like, you know, buyer agents and they're like, oh, you know what? They don't want to go to court. We can back out of this deal. We don't have to bring the check. Do you think do you think that I, buyers? I, I think, in all honesty, 95 percent of people are reasonable people with, you know, um, good intentions. Mm -hmm. I, and then you have a very little, a very small amount of people where they either had uh, a, a real issue 
where mm -hmm. they can't afford anymore the house. Um, and the other ones that they're trying to speculate at or take advantage of it. Um, buyer agents are not inclined to actually favorize not closing the deal. Everybody in a transaction works for a seller. They want to close the deal. If they don't close the deal, they're not getting paid. So a buyer agent would never support uh, an you know, unfaithful or whatever you want to call it, buyer by getting out of the deal unless they have reasonable uh, you know, reasons to, to come out of it. Yeah, like a bigger commission on the other property. Uh, no, I can tell you clearly uh, in my experience working with a lot of buyer agents, a commission in your, in your pocket it, it's, a, it's a much better commission than a commission in the future on a higher property that you don't know mm -hmm. if you get it. You don't know if the buyer changes his mind. You don't know if the buyer, if it has that attitude, they may go to directly to the listing agent. So mm -hmm. something that a, I a already- bird, A bird in the hand is better than two in the bush. Something I already worked for. I don't have to do the work. I don't need to open the doors anymore. It's much better than another. Keep in mind how much more it's for us in commission. $100, $200, for that risk and time? No, thank you. Ask Daryl. Daryl will tell us that we're all millionaires. Right, Doe? No, most of you suck, actually. Most of you are like below the poverty line because you don't do what you're supposed to do. You don't know what you're supposed to know. You don't look like the two of you look and talk like the two of you look. You just like got your license and you know i guess some of them end Great. up okay but most most realtors are horrific a and well that's about to change okay <laughs> i can tell you yeah because the computers and the 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 software what, it, what is it i want to know jobs. i want to know it yeah i want to know andrew how is that going to change how is the industry standard uh, going to change how it changes in my perspective of uh, I, and I've seen so many right now. When people are vest, vest, financially vest, vested into you succeeding, um, I have a direct interest to make sure that from a regulatory perspective, you are doing the right things, that you're ethical, that you're professional, that you have services that you offer to your clients and that you're mm -hmm. producing through repeat business from your clients so we don't waste time. So um, where before that, that that um, job was so heavily in t for one person or two, like a broker, a record and a broker manager. Right now it comes down to small, you know, uh, a lot of small leaders that they're training their group to make sure that they have a good reputation, that we have business, that we succeed together. So the, the entire concept of competition versus collaboration mm. that we have right now um, okay. within our organization, it will change the, the, the industry. I can tell you in my experience, and I'm not gonna talk about other people that I know they're leaders and they have their groups and we're, we're mastermind together. In my group alone, I teach on a daily basis and I mastermind with my people to make sure that we offer the highest quality. They go and preview properties. That's how we learn to, to price properties. We don't just give opinions. We preview properties. We do things by the books to make sure that we offer a lot to our clients. So that's about mm -hmm. I, I like that. Actually, that is a good perspective that, um, and Daryl, just so you know, because you're, you're an outsider, um, there are a lot more teams. There are a lot more 
leaders in, in real estate today than ever before. There's a lot more guidance and mentorship and, and all that kind of stuff. So the, the training and now obviously Humber College has stepped it up, which I don't know much about that program, but there's, you know, more, more daughters. Yeah. Yeah. That course. Yeah. yeah. So there's, there's a lot more support, I, I think, today than ever before. Yeah. You're not both real estate agents? No, I'm not. No, I'm, I'm an agent. Daryl's a developer. Okay, got it. Um, okay, I was under the impression that you're both uh, both agents, but um, yeah, it's totally about to change. I can tell you, and it, it, you know, I'll tell you another reason why it changed. So, but you're saying um, through training? Is that what you're saying? But through through like support, a, guidance, through like a like, group need for. I'll, I'll tell you what happens. Until now, everybody would go to a brokerage and say, "Hey." I want to join you. And the brokerage will say, hey, yeah, join us because we're going to be almost like a, you know, like a Fairview Mall. We're going to facilitate you to come in here and become one of the stores. And we're going to give you a manual. We're going to give you the cleaning lady, the uh, security uh, and, and some, you know, the guidance at the front desk for you to kind of, but nobody was teaching us the business. So mm -hmm. what happened, you, you get this store front and you're like, and now what? And the brokerage is like, now go out there. The deal, the concept was not for me to teach you business, for me to facilitate you to function. That was all that, and that's it. So you were going into an office and you're seeing Bob and like Bob closes 10 transactions a month and you're like, Bob, can you please tell me? Well, why Bob in the yeah. right mind will take time and say, oh, you're kind of pretty. Let's, uh, let's talk with you how you can make money so you can become my competition in my backyard. So it just didn't work. So Bob says, I'll do it for 50-50. But Bob knows clearly that if I'm telling her everything I know in between three to eight months, she's going to leave and still become a competition. So even if I take 50-50 from you, I'm still not going to tell you everything. So it just didn't work at all. It just didn't work. The team idea, the brokerage idea didn't work. So EXP comes in place and says, I'm going to take all the bobs from everywhere and I'm going to put them in a platform in a system that would allow them to grow these people a, 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 you know that they're a sponsor and sincerely make them grow and not only that for them to have an environment and an infrastructure that would allow them to grow without feeling that they're bringing just bob up and they're just like working for bob to get a yacht and a boat and whatever <laughs> So Bob should name his yacht after after yeah. the yeah. agent. So that's where the huge difference is and why the industry will change. Because where right now we were in so much competition, right now we're like, no, I've been in the business for a while and I've done it right. So I'm going to make sure that anyone that comes with me alone, they have to do it right. And I'm not going to tell them a piece of the puzzle. I'm going to tell them all of it so they can do it fast and be successful because if they are, I am successful. So that's why the industry is going to change. And you're going to see, I had situation when a, a, someone that joined with me came and says, hey, I'm taking a listing in your neighborhood where you take a lot of listing. I guess I can't ask you for help. And I said, are you crazy? I'm going to help you price the property so you can sell it faster. You know why? Because if you sell it faster, I make, but you don't make, you know, you're not going to make 30,000. I said, I don't care. You're not right now. We're in it together. So I want you to take the listing and I want you to take it well and I want you to sell it. 
because guess what? I don't ha even have to deal with that seller because I'm gonna make a cut from that. So it completely, completely changes the game and the environment of collaboration, which we know right now, you know, I mean, if, if you're a real estate agent, you know very well um, the type of industry that we're in and we've been exposed so far. So I totally, totally believe that. It's just a matter of, I would say five years in Canada before the industry, it's going to be a complete collaboration versus competition well just just to kind of go in the opposite direction about a month ago i showed up to one of my listings because the lady lost the key <laughs> so i said please just look everywhere if i have to come i'll ask the seller i said i'm 20 minutes away it was at young and finch so i drove 20 minutes to get there she's like i'm not gonna leave until i find it i think someone came in and took it i don't know what happened and as i walked up the front steps and i went to open the door there sitting in the deadbolt lock was the mysterious missing key, <laughs> you know, so there's certain things EXP can't help, but definitely the industry standard is, is growing. It's, it's growing for sure. There's, there's oh, so the, the agent that showed the property was an EXP agent. No, 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 no. She wasn't EXP. No, no, no I, I was, I'm not talking bad about EXP. What I mean is that she may have other obstacles in her way from being able to learn, you know, how to be, you know, the, the, the high level professional standards of, of what real estate people should be. Right. So um, it's just, it's just the way it is. And actually a guy the other day, so he shows a condo and this maybe upset me. Maybe I'm just, um, you know, sour or whatever, but he said it was 24 hours notice. And Andrew, you tell me if I'm un unreasonable or not. So it's 24 hours notice. Yeah. He says, I need to go tomorrow morning. So it's not 24 hours. I what, went what over and about what time he called like 8 PM. And he wanted to go the next morning at 10 AM. It's not 24 so hours. You're not hours. It's tenanted. So it's tenanted, my, but it's my offer night. So I, I said, you know what, let me see if I can make this happen. So I call up the tenants. I asked them, that, you know, please, it's not 24, but we're going through the time slot that they already gave us. And the guy was um, demanding 10 o'clock. I said, can you go a little later? Cause it's early. He said, no, I'm early morning guy. I want to go at 10. I said, okay, no problem. So then at 10.35, I'm getting a call from him. I'm like, oh, how did everything go? How did the showing goes? He goes, no, I just got here. I'm at the front desk. They don't have the key. So I'm like, okay. So then I asked him to put me on the phone to security. And the security's like, we don't have a key. This isn't a property. He doesn't have permission. To I said, well, this is the address. And he goes, oh, no, he gave me another unit number. No, we have that key. So then they gave him the key. So now he's late. So now the tenants have been waiting. He's late. I'm just like, what the heck, right? Like I, I did special arrangements for you. I call him afterwards for feedback to see if he's coming to offer night, just to give me an answer as to what's going on. Doesn't return any of my calls. Yeah. So what I can tell you is this. Low bar. A lot of agents are, um, I'll give you my honest opinion. I think as agents, as a listing agent, we have a duty towards our clients. And are there a lot of agents out there? Absolutely. But I still have a duty to my clients, even agents. Mm -hmm. So my duty is to make sure that I facilitate the entry at all costs, at all time, mm -hmm. to make sure that I did everything for my clients. 100%. Now, is, is that agent that did what he did, being late, asking for you know less than 24 hours, which can happen even for nice agents. You know, it just happened. Yep. Just seeing the property online, my clients just make up their mind because they're under pressure is going to be off for night. Now they want to see, is there any chance we can go in there? There's nice ways to do it. But obviously he was an asshole. 
and with no ethics. However, you don't know that's how I felt. I'm happy it's going that. to bring in, you know, the perfect offer. And that's I have exactly. the perfect offer from yeah. so yeah. my duty towards my clients comes first, not to educate anyone else, not to educate that that agent. And I can mm-hmm. tell you that I don't care of their behavior. My property is sold. I don't care. And sometimes I have agents that say, hey, I can't, you know, um, they're sending their uh, uh, buyers to say that they're not actually represented. And for me to open the door, present the house, and then they're coming with their own offer. I still don't care. And I'll tell you why. Because I have a duty towards the client. I don't have a duty towards that, that agent to educate them. My duty is always towards the client. And if I have to make the effort to expose the property to most amount of people, then I have to move my ass because I'm asking them for $35,000. Look so at I'm that. going to do it. Yes, I love it. So the agent who is late, I shouldn't have I shouldn't have sent like a three paragraph long text telling him he needs to go back to so real what? estate school. Are you, are you, are you I'll try to delete it, up? hold on. No, I'm joking. I didn't do it. I didn't. Yeah, no. I left them alone. I'm just telling you, by you doing that, you you're it. just giving time. You're just I typed giving it. Time. I deleted it right after. Yeah. <laughs> no, by, by taking the time to think, this is one of the things that I've learned. And in life and everything, if you're rejected at some point, somebody did something really bad. And I'll t- tell you the story of someone that did really, really bad to me. If I take the time to do something about it, then I'm giving already too much time. They already, you know, spend my time and wasting my time. I'm not gonna educate that person. I actually buy the opposite. Stay being an idiot, because I'm probably gonna make more business than you. Because if I waking you up, which most likely I want, you're gonna become better. I don't want you to be better. Stay an idiot. That's all. So, but that's opposite yeah. to to what you were saying before. Yeah, that that's kind of my not not what Daryl just said, but that. My opinion too is Everybody trying to raise the industry together. standard. Yeah. Yeah. You, oh you no. You need to suck Did that guy into EXP that, is what has to He happen. needs to go to EXP. That, that I'm going to give you his name EXP. and number. When, when gonna... somebody calls me and say, Hey, I want to hear more about EXP. It's a two way street. I had already three people that I said, I don't think we're a good fit. Mm. So it's not, yeah. it's not for everyone or they can join wherever they want on EXP, but they're not going to join with me. Because mm-hmm. I have my standards and definitely I'm not going to give it away for one person that's going to give me some equity. I don't, I don't care. I don't care. Is there, is there an EXP office in uh, Scarborough? There's um, EXP. It's so considered uh, a cloud brokerage. And that's one of the things that I don't like that people try to emphasize that. Think about a, a brokerage like your, what brokerage are you with right now? Uh, Remax West. Remax. Oh, yeah. you're paying a lot. Um, so that being said, uh, yes. Yeah, Frank. Um, so think about any Remax. You have a broker, broker manager. You have uh, tech people, admin people, everybody. We uh-huh. have an office, which is downtown, yeah. that you can go physically in. But the reality is, I want to ask you on uh, Remax West, how many times you went in the last 24, uh, 12 months? TK? Um, well, COVID, well, since COVID, no, not really much at all. I, I just, and my office in my house near Scarborough, 10, I go in five, three, give us a number. Give um, it. Yeah. Give like it 10, 10 times in the last year it's COVID. We haven't okay. been allowed. Normally go, it was twice a week. Yeah, you paying and did you fees go, still? You paying fees for that? 
And and did you go in there? I'm asking you, did you go in there to make yeah. any money making activities? Or did you go in there to mingle with other agents and complain about the market? Paper yeah, I'm not a I'm not a, a no, I actually I'm not anti mingler. In TK fact, I don't even know anybody at my office. For sure. Because my right. my office is downtown, so I don't go to that office. I go to the Scarborough okay. office. So no, I go there only on money making activities. Yeah. Can you send my check to Scarborough? Pick up your please? check because they don't have direct deposit. We have direct deposit. No, it's TK. Beautiful. We're gonna get you. Yeah, I go there to EXP. do offer presentations and meet clients. That's what I do. We're gonna to get you. Clients. Okay, so yeah. EXP, what has you have? Um, <laughs> We're gonna bring you. Over I don't to know EXP, what Daryl is saying, but you probably can hear him better than me. I can't hear. <laughs> he's a word just. I'm I'm telling you. I'm 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 trying to help you. Get TK over to EXP. <laughs> uh, you can't. He's trying, you can't to, he's trying to solicit. I'm, yeah, I'm he's not. To solicit. Put it this way: I'm not into the idea of bringing anyone else, anyone in, um, unless they want to. You, you can. It's the same way. You can't convince anyone to sell their home. You can't. You just want to. Mm -hmm. you, you're gonna be there to help them, um, but you can't convince someone. No, yeah, yeah. You, you have to sell, but I don't need to. Well, yes, you have to. Great. I think the first model, which was um, Keller Williams, I think had a model that was uh, an agent referral program. I was with Home Life uh, for about 11 years and Home Life had the Income for Life program. So this is, I think EXP has just done a really good job at making it better. They just, they've, no, they've, exactly. they've, it's, it's yeah. they, they didn't invent a new thing. They just yeah. expect something that I, I agree. If that's what you're looking for, I think EXP yes. sounds like it's a good, a good fit it's, for people. It's a good it's, model. It's, it's really um, when people are thinking, what's the difference? Well, the difference is that while I'm selling, I'm still making some money. How about that? And so and hold on, do you, do you have to, so, so when you, since you've joined EXP, have you sold more properties? I sold the same amount, yeah. But and you made probably, more money. I made more money, yes. Because I'm making right now, I can't tell you the number because we're not allowed, sure. but think about that. I have, uh, I'll tell you this. I have an income property right now that produces me um, 2,800 per month in rent. So um, think about that I would have another property. Right. Okay. Cool. Yeah. That's great. Cool. Passive uh, income. So it's, it's something that it's- and We don't have pensions, right? We don't have pensions, which is the- Correct. Uh, That's the issue. That's the safe. issue with our with our job, right? Where you don't have a pension, you're trying to think about what uh, uh, you know what to do when you're older and stuff like that. There are 80 year old real estate agents, right, who just keep their license until and, they and, and, pass and away. To, unfortunately, to that's just your get older. Um, idea. If I retire in 15, mm -hmm. 20 years from now, I can still collect that. Yeah. If I pass away, I wow. can leave it to my daughter. Oh, that's cool. I like that. Yeah. yeah. And, and so right. is this all done in a, in a corporation? Like you, you're a corporation or you? No, no, I'm, I haven't even incorporated. So, no. So, the, so the, the, so you have like personal rights to all these people's roll up. Wow. Correct. I have seven, I have seven people above me. It's called above, but just for the sake of demonstration. Yeah. So I have five, seven people above that I can access for help and resources that they have a direct in, um, interest in me succeeding. 
And I picked that very wisely because I wanted to have a good variation of what I, it would be offered to me. And I can tell you that in less than three months, right now I'm on track of my business growing in so many different directions that I never even thought about it before due to these seven people, which some of them are related to real estate, but not buying and selling real estate. So buying and selling is one thing. Then I have investment properties. Then I have three other sources of real estate that they're coming, you know, through this, this system and through the fact that I've been mentored by these people. And I have seven layers and tiers under me. Again, they're, we're all business partners, but seven under me that I have a vested interest to bring everything that I'm collecting from here to deliver to them so they can succeed, so I can succeed. Does it, so that's is the shape something smart. like this? Is Come this, on, Daryl. <laughs> something like that. Oh, oh. she got you. <laughs> you got no, it. it. It does sound like a. It does sound like a good model. Um, so we're we're kind of wrapping up to, towards the end of the show now. So we want to hear from you. We're not going to record this and put it on the internet or anything like that. No. But what is going to happen with Just, the real estate market for the rest of 2021? How is the condo market? How is the freehold market? Toronto market versus 905? Anything that you want to comment on what you see and what your predictions are? So I think it's a matter of tolerance. Working with buyers over the years, I have people that they're willing to sell first and people that are willing to buy first So um, before they sell. It's a matter of tolerance. People, Some people have higher tolerance to what's going to happen. Some people have less tolerance of what's happening so they are more conservative so you're asking someone who has a very um large tolerance last year in the middle of the pandemic without anybody knowing where it's going to go um i bought an an another investment property of a million one hundred and twenty and this year that same property in the same condition is valued at 1.350 um so i have a good tolerance to risk and I am strongly believe that, you know, but again, they're only my beliefs. They're not necessarily based on, you know, on something tangible, like, oh, look, it's pandemic. You should save money. You should make sure that, you know, it's gonna crash because that's the logic that will come in your mind, you know, um, and yet I did the opposite. Um, I believe that as long as the interest rates are staying as low as they, they are and my first, investment property I bought it at almost five percent so I'm still you know unless they go above five above five like seven eight nine nothing really is going to shake the market in uh, a city like Toronto I can't talk for the entire you know uh, country or for entire world I have no idea what the what the plan for them to to do and which direction they 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 want to take but toronto it's it's such an a center of for people to still come and own properties here that it's hard for me to believe that we're not going to have consumers and the average age it's pretty low so people are not moving anytime soon so mm -hmm. there's always going to be a low inventory. And also it's based on the initial infrastructure, which never was designed to accommodate the amount of people that they're in the city. And keep in mind, no, no uh, immigration in the last year and a half. What that means, it means that 
we have no no people coming in the second they open the borders I never heard anyone that immigrates and says we're going to move to Saskatoon when we go in yeah. in Canada when or, we or be homeless. I've, yeah, I've, I've been dreaming of a life in Saskatoon. Exactly, or Regina. Exactly, yeah. that's exactly where I'm going to go if I immigrate. No, they're gonna move to Toronto, Montreal, Vancouver. No. What about this one gonna... here, Mono? Have you ever heard of Mono or Mono? Yes, I actually moved a lot of clients in there. One point six million no dollar average price in Mono. Yes, I moved. Where's that? What province? Ontario. Uh, it's not. It's on Ontario. It's about forty-five minutes. If you're in Scarborough, because I'm close, to, I'm in Scarborough also. So it's forty-five minutes. Uh, an hour away from here it's it's a gorgeous place and i where moved what, hold on, i'm gonna put it up in the on the you, screen you're here going nor, you're going north and a little bit um uh west let's see where this mono, mono? is near orangeville apparently yes oh, okay Here's yeah. orangeville those are my limits i think once i get to like caledon i just shut her down i'm just like all right i better start heading back before i get lost you got it yeah orangeville okay yeah cool yeah, that sounds like a, a, a growth area, right? Just outside the Our old. Um, Look at that. Yeah, One point six million dollar average zone. price in Mana. Who would have ever thought? Who would there's have like ever ten thought? houses. No, there's actually a lot of houses and absolutely all new, gorgeous new builds. No, no, not new no? builds. You know, there's some places where people are moving to. A really good, you know, established families from here. They're moving there to kind of get out of out of toronto and the business yeah. of toronto yeah like oshawa no durham it's a different <laughs> moves to oshawa. hey everybody's moving to oshawa right if you can't afford anywhere else you got to go to oshawa yeah. yeah well there are categories that they're obviously moving to oshawa yes yeah. yeah prices have gone up a lot there well i really appreciate it andrea this has been a I great could. chat today yeah, and thanks for joining you know when you, usually it's about the news and all that stuff so we got some brokerage level education today which was great <laughs> you are we, we have we have we have agents who actually watch our show i ran into a guy who's you know talking to me about a, a showing or i ran into him at a showing or something like that and he called me and asked me and he said you know hey i, I watch your show so i know that there's lots of agents watching the show um that was my claim to fame there right Daryl? like the one time it happened but um well i, I think other it agents would happen are gonna... more often if we were allowed to like go out in public yeah like that's that's exactly. and not wear a mask it's a mask i'm waiting you haven't yeah. been around who do you want to people right. to start calling you that's right yeah but you'll you'll probably get some some people googling exp some agents googling exp just to figure out what it's all about and uh mark my uh, words today what is it the second of may yeah. in five years from now 90 percent of agents are going to be at exp can yeah. you give a, a, a shameless plug then? So what's your Instagram? What's your website? Just say it all right now. So our yeah, um, so it's, uh, listeners can hear it. The Bloom, the Bloom Real Estate, it's my Instagram. Um, and from there, you can get to all of my platforms. The Bloom, Bloom Real Estate, yeah. I was on there Bloom, the other B -L -U -M. day. Yeah, B-L-U-M. B-L-U-M, not O-O. Yeah, B-L-U-M. I, I was on your Instagram the other day and I was watching this video and it made me feel like... Uh, like I wasn't doing enough. You you were saying, if you're if you're not making twenty calls a day and you're you're not in real estate, and I was like trying to figure out, do I make twenty calls a day? And but you're not in real am estate. Am I in real it's estate? Like well, I'm in real estate on a lot of levels. Believe me. Yeah. Uh, I'm just not a realtor. But he's just I, not a licensed realtor. There, there's yeah. a lot of real estate going on in the background here. Uh, yeah. But but 
I was trying to, I was no. like, well, do emails count and do my text messages count? No, and like, no, I was like, unless, unless somebody answered back, if somebody answered back to your text, then it counts. Then it counts oh, as thank a, as God. A, I, I, you know what? I've been waiting an hour to ask you about this because I really, I was like, I don't well, think I deserve to be in real numbers? estate. No, What's you, your numbers? Um, uh, follow numbers. me. Follow me, and you will see. I'll, I'll actually. I'm on the way to launch um, uh, a course for agents where it's not the easy, you know, because you no. always everything that I see on the internet. I, I swear, easy this, easy that. I'm not. I've never been into the easy business because real estate never been easy. Um, but I'm going to launch a course that is going to be the hard way of doing real estate but becoming a multimillionaire for sure so it, there's no such thing as hard way yeah that's the only, the only way the bloom real estate right correct the bloom. all right i found you i'll put everything yes. in the description below thank you for joining us today my I, pleasure really my fun. pleasure yeah it was a good time so yeah we really appreciate you. it i've been i've been known to do that i, I interrupt okay what's that Sorry, Say that can again. you hear me? Can you hear me? I don't know why I hear Daryl solo and I heard you so well. Because but. I don't really matter. It's all about TK. So I got a I got a better mic. I paid forty dollars more for my mic. He cheaped right. out. You see the investment. Yeah. It's we we appreciate if you uh, post a link to our show uh, in any one Absolutely. of the social media platforms if, that you have. We're having Absolutely. a contest. Collaborate. We're if you send me any um any marketing materials, will be posted for sure. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Good. Well, Thank good luck so today. Much. Hopefully you make some sales. Thank you. And you uh, good luck. Yeah. Thanks, Andrea. You too. Thank awesome. you. Bye. Bye. Well, TK, there you have it. There you have it. The Toronto Real Estate Show episode 4,632, Sunday, May 2nd, 2021. Do we get any it's of that residual income if anybody signs up to her EXP? I'd like to know that if EXP has a fourth pillar of income that I could then generate more income because that's my like, issue. Like uh, finders I'm just fees, not making enough. Finders fees? Yeah. Real estate fees are just not, are just not cutting it for me these days. New on Curiosity Stream. Have researchers figured out a mathematical formula for success? A clearer understanding of how success happens could lead us to change the rules. Gain a new perspective on getting ahead. It's science of success. And the U.S. won the space race, but not without help from the Nazis. They were just years ahead of us. Meet NASA's rocket scientists of the Third Reich on the moon landing and the Nazis. Watch now on CuriosityStream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com.